Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. Our prayer is that you'll be challenged and inspired to live your life for Jesus Christ by the preaching of the Word. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified every time we release new content. Now, let's get ready to jump into the Word. Well, guys, today we're going to talk about vision. Everybody say vision. Vision simply means this, being able to see, right? How many are thankful that you were able to see this morning? When you opened up your eyes, boom, you were able to see. Well, if we really want to get technical, when light comes in and hits the retina, photoreceptors turn that light into electrical signals, and those signals travel from the retina through the optic nerve to the brain. How many geeks are here in the room? You like to know that kind of stuff. Well, the brain then turns all of those signals into the images that you see. Look at your neighbor and go, right? Well, vision is is just more than what comes into your eyes. Vision is also the ability to think or plan uh, the future with, with some imagination or creativity or even wisdom. In other words, uh, when you have children, you've got a vision for their life. Of it. You believe how, how, how they're going to grow up and uh, hopefully the, the predominant uh, objective in your life is to make sure that they serve God, right? They can be anything they want as long as they're serving Jesus. But you have hopes and you have visions for that. For, for you in this room, if you've got a business, you've got a vision, a vision statement that you hold on to that your, your business is, uh, that your business flows through in functions. How many know what I'm talking about? You have a, a vision for the future. Well, today I just don't want us to focus on vision of what we can see or a little bit kind of a, a vision or a dream for that. I'm just, I'm not talking about something necessarily physical in nature, but I'm talking about a heavenly vision. And a heavenly vision is simply this. It's a supernatural revelation given by the Lord to accomplish his purpose. And here's what I found out. When you and I, we receive a vision, he is saying this, something needs to be done about it. When you receive a vision from the Lord, you're going to have to do something about it. Because how many knows there's the opposite portion of that, that there's no vision at all. And the Bible talks about that as well in Proverbs 29, where there is no vision... The people perish. People flounder when you don't have any direction. There's no guidance. But when there is vision, that means that God is entrusting us to accomplish something through him and his plan. Somebody say amen in this house. Well, in Acts chapter 9, we're going to read a story about vision. And how many know this? It is okay to bring your old school hard copy of God's word to church. Did you know that that is legal? In every state, it's legal 
because there are places that it's not legal. But thank God we're in a place that you can breathe. And I see some guys right over here. Very good. You bring that hard copy of God's word. Well, in Acts chapter 9, the word of God says this. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a, come on, help me out, said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord, I'm right here. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome when the Lord speak to us, our first response to him is, yeah, Lord, I'm here, what, what you need? Wouldn't that be awesome if we started responding to God? God, I'm here, what, what's going on? And so the Lord said in verse 11, arise and go to the street called Straight, go to Straight Street and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, we got a problem here. This is my version. We got a problem here because this is one bad dude that we don't want to get entangled with. God, we can, we can do other things without him. Why do we need him? Because listen, I've heard, I've heard a lot of rumors about this dude. I heard a lot of rumors and how much he has harm he has brought to your saints in Jerusalem. And even now, he has the authority from the chief priests to bind, in other words, to arrest anyone who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. Doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter what papers he's got. Go because he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, before kings and the children of Israel, for I am going to show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You see, guys, what we have here is we have two different people that have been given two different visions. But both of these visions are intertwined with one another. One of these visions is dependent on the other in order for both of them to be fulfilled. And the only way that that is going to happen is through obedience. Everybody say obedience. You see, your vision is dependent on your obedience. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen that the Lord has given someone a vision and given them a revelation, but instead of walking that out themselves in obedience, they end up wanting someone else to fulfill it. Or they'll come on over to the church and they'll want the church to pick up their vision that they're supposed to do and then get mad because it's not fitting in, right? And so, listen, all I have to say is this. When you and I refuse to obey, negative things are gonna happen. And this is where people's dreams and their visions can become everybody else's nightmare because they will not walk in obedience 
to the call of God. You see, vision in and of itself, vision requires a holy cooperation. In other words, it's going to take faith. It's a, it's a partnership, if you will. You are depending on God, and here's what's interesting. God is depending on you to come through. You see, when God gives you a vision, he's counting on you to do what he has asked. So look at your neighbor right now and take that pointy finger that some of us are so good, point it right in their face and, say, and tell them right now, God is counting on you, so don't blow it, you knucklehead. Here's the question. When I ask you to do crazy stuff like that, you just talk about But man, when it comes, you're quiet as a church mouse. Come on, it's all right. Here's what we have to understand. A vision that lacks obedience won't be fulfilled. It won't be fulfilled. Think about it. What if Ananias himself would be like, mm-mm, this guy is bad to the bone. No way. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, he's, he's, he's mean and I'm going to get thrown in jail. Listen, that's not what happened. But think about what, what would have happened if he did that. It says right here in Acts chapter 9, and Ananias went his way. You see, he came to the Lord. He, he talked back to the Lord. You know, it's okay to talk back to the Lord, not talk back to the Lord. It's all right to talk to the Lord about concerns. It's all right to talk to him and say, but Lord, this is, this is happening. He was okay with what the response that God gave him. And now it's just a matter of, okay, I'm going to do it. So Ananias went his way and he entered the house and laying hands on him, this is what he said, brother Saul, they're so interesting, we're going to pull this apart, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received the sight at once and he arose and he was baptized. Now here's some things that are very interesting about this. He went into the house and he laid his hands on him and what did he call him? Brother. He was already declaring that he was saved. You did not call anyone brother or sister unless you were a brother or a sister in Christ. So he was already supernaturally, because of this vision that he's received, he's already functioning in that and trusting God that what God told him was indeed a reality here on earth. So brother Saul, listen, Lord Jesus, now he's prophesying about something that he was not a part of. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, right? He, he appeared, he, that happened, that's the reason why he was even there. He appeared to him on the road. Now Ananias is prophesying over him and notice this, he laid his hands on him and he didn't even pray. He didn't even pray, oh, dear God, please come through for me right now. He laid his hands on him. He did exactly everything that God had said, and immediately he was healed. His eyes were opened. He received his sight, and he arose and was baptized. 
And because of Ananias's obedience, here's, here's what's interesting. Saul, who became Paul, Saul made three missionary journeys to spread the gospel, three of them. And this wasn't hopping on an airplane. This wasn't getting on a, a, a jet boat. This, this was a hard, rough journey to get wherever he needed to go. He preached the gospel in Asia Minor, the Greek province of Achaia, uh, Macedonia, Cyprus. He also went to Judah, uh, Judea and Assyria. He helped spread the gospel in Rome and we are assuming that he actually made his way all the way to Caesar and presented the gospel of Jesus Christ to Caesar. And on top of all of that, he wrote 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament that you and I are reading today. But here's the question. If Ananias would not have been obedient, he would have been disobedient to that vision because out of fear, he, if he would not have followed that heavenly vision, here's the question, would Saul have received the sight? If he would not have been obedient to go over to Straight Street, to go over to Judas' house and go over to Saul and lay your hands on him, would he have even been saved? Would he have even been baptized? Would he have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Would he have gone to three missionary journeys? Would he have gone? This is why obedience is so important for us. This is why timing is so important. Listen, if God told you to do something 20 years ago and you're still hanging on and not done it, more than likely that window of opportunity has passed. Come on, talk to me. If more than likely that has passed and you didn't obey out of, out of fear or disobedience. Timing is important. A missionary friend of mine by the name of Jeff Dove says this. It's not good news if it doesn't get there on time. You see, if God is speaking to you, whether you're in Walmart or no, doesn't matter where you are, I'm prophesying that Kroger is going to come here to this place in the name of Jesus. And let's go into agreement with uh, Pastor Christian that Chick-fil-A is going to come right across the street. Right across the street, Hallelujah. And for us, they'll be open on Sundays. No, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. But it's not good news if it doesn't get there on time. Had Ananias not been obedient, then Acts 26 wouldn't have been written. He is standing before kings. Remember, the vision that God had given Ananias, I'm gonna show him because he's gonna stand before kings. He said this, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You see, your response, my response to the vision can and will affect someone else's destiny. So with this in mind, this is the very reason why we do what we do here at LFC. We received a vision from the Lord and we started working on it. It wasn't too long after we arrived at LFC in 2018 that God gave me a vision and he gave it to me through a dream. 
It impacted me so greatly that when I woke, I had to write it down and begin sharing it with our staff and board and even some of you. In the vision, I saw a large, beautiful, green piece of property. The grass was more vibrant than usual. Each individual blade was cut to perfection. Nothing stood out. At first, it appeared healthy and full of potential. But all of a sudden, the ground violently collapsed in on itself. The perfectly cut grass was now demolished and diminished. The once beautiful field now looked brown and small. I didn't need to ask the Lord what this meant because I just knew it was the true condition of our church. I asked the Lord, why Lord, why did this happen? And he said, because the roots were too shallow. You see, shallow soils have severe limitations to agricultural use. Plant roots remain confined to a small volume of soil that cannot provide adequate anchorage, water, or nutrients. Well, all of a sudden, seven pillar-like structures with an auger at the base erupted from that diminished shallow piece of earth, and they begin to drill. Each pillar had a name, LFC Campus, Life at LFC, Grow, Small Groups, People Care, Hospitality, and the Next Generation. As the pillars continued to drill deeper, the ground grew greener and began to expand. The grass wasn't perfect, but it moved as a heaven-weaved quilt over the earth, as if by root and stem, it stood in protection of what really mattered, and its growth seemed to have no end. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You see, when God gives you something, you have to do something about it. And it doesn't matter what it is and who it's for. It's just that God is entrusting you with something that is truly the basis of what his heart stands for, and that's reaching the lost. Here's what we have to understand. It's not just the church's responsibility to reach the lost. It's our responsibility because you are going to reach more people than this church will ever come in contact with. Are you, are you hearing me today? Are you understanding? There's a great commission that is out in front of us all and we've got to work together. Today, just quickly, I want 
to give us a better description of what those pillars mean and what, they, what, what they've come to know, known to us. That LFC campus, clearly that is right here. And our job was to design and to maintain a workable space for every single ministry, to administer structure and systems in all areas. So many times churches go around and they're like, well, we don't need any of that. We just need to follow whichever way the wind blows. Can I tell you, that's great, but that just simply is not how God operates. He has called us to be organized people. He has called us to put systems and structures in place. Can I tell you, God is an organized God. Read his word and you will see from the very beginning in creation how he put and knit every single thing together and that's what we're trying to do here. That second pillar, life at LFC, that's our pathway to ministry and membership and through that includes spiritual gifts assessments and efforts to empower people to be, to be able to serve with their gifts and encourage them in their spiritual growth. How many would say, you know what, I've got gifts. Five people have gifts. Can I tell you, every single one of you have gifts. Every single one of you, God has put something deep within you. We've just got to cultivate that so that it will come forward so that God can use you in your giftings. The third, that third pillar, grow. You'll, you hear me talk about it all the time because we're all growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, are we not? When you hear us talk about fresh start and water baptisms and growing people to grow people, when you hear us talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when you hear us talking about evangelism, when you hear us asking people, it's our responsibility, will you join with us and partner with us and, and everybody, every single person in this room winning one person. That's all we're asking. Can you win one person to Jesus just this year? Everybody win one. I'm telling you, if we would all do that and then we would grow them and they would do that. Friends, can I tell you, we would literally change the landscape of Allen County and beyond in our region, in our state. It would overtake if we would simply rise up and do our part and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen in the house? That fourth pillar is small groups. God has called us to live in community, not in isolation. So many Christians live their life isolated. The rebel without a cause, right? They're off to the side. I don't need nobody. This is all I need in life. I, I, I don't need anybody. Can I tell you, that's not the way God has called us to live. Small groups are actually designed to intentionally pursue relationships with others while intentionally pursuing your relationship with God. That's a win-win to me. Right now, currently, We've got about 20% of this congregation that is engaging in small groups. And I think we can, we can do better than that. We, some of you in this room, God has called you and God has given you a vision about small groups, but you've not yet jumped into that. Can I tell you, jump in. 
it's time to go back being a kid again and jumping and doing cannonball and splashing everybody. Right? It's time to enter in and to participate and grow with one another. That fifth pillar that came down, those words in that vision that God gave me, it was people care. It's simply this, providing a communication portal in order to meet the spiritual and the physical needs of people. It's on our website. You can go there. You can get prayer. You can make a request right there. Number six, that sixth pillar that came down was hospitality. How many people like good hospitality? No one likes to go to a place to where they're rude, right? Hospitality isn't just the right thing to do, it's essential. And Jesus even said it best when he said, do to others what you would have them do unto you. And our hope is that every single person, you who came in here today, you come through these doors of this church, that you have a sense of belonging. You have a sense that people here actually love you. And more importantly than that, you have a sense that the Holy Spirit is here in this place. And so to that end, I say, welcome home. Welcome home. That seventh and last pillar said the next generation. It was about two months before God gave us that vision through that dream in the middle of the night. And as we drove through the town and we could see the poverty and see the homelessness, I have, I don't know about you, but I have seen more people in sleeping bags downtown than I ever have. It is increasing, it is upon us whether it be through drug addiction and prostitution or even mental illness that's going on, it, it's real. It is right here among us, but the Lord spoke to our hearts that we're supposed to help that, and we do. We help minister to people uh, through, through uh, the, 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 our daily bread. We, we give to that ministry that helps to feed the homeless, but I will tell you, God told us to start digging a little bit deeper than that, if you will get the children, if you'll get the kids before the devil gets them, if you'll get the kids before drug addiction gets them, if you can get to the children before uh, sexual promiscuity gets them, then something will change. We're not just talking about a, a program within a school. We're talking about long-term generational impact because if we can get a kid saved, more than likely we can get his family saved. More than likely they're gonna grow up in their relationship with Jesus and then when they grow up, they're gonna have kids that serve God. Can you see it? It starts at the grassroots level and now we've got a, a generation of people that are serving the Lord that don't have to have alcohol, that don't have to have drugs, that don't have to get caught up in sexual promiscuity. Why? Because they're doing it God's way and they're serving him with all of their hearts. Get the kids before the devil does. And I'm not just talking about our children and our grandchildren but for those who have yet to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, spiritually parenting those who come to know him in this house, that, friends, is what we are called to do. This is the vision that God has given us here in this church. And since following his lead through all of this, 
We are now experiencing the results of our obedience. There's been increase in every single area of this church. So can I tell you, we're gonna continue to develop what God has placed in our care. We're gonna continue to help people that God has entrusted us. We're gonna continue to make the presence of God our purpose in everything that we do here on this campus. We're gonna continue to preach the truth of the gospel even though sometimes it hurts people and it hurts their feelings, right? We're gonna continue to speak the truth about God's word. We're gonna continue to expose the lies of the enemy and of sin and unrighteousness. We're going to continue to seek and to save the lost. We're going to continue to reach the next generation. We will not be disobedient to that heavenly vision. That's why we do what we do here. And can I tell you, that's why we're doing this Horizon Project. That's why We're building this building that's out back. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Not so this church can get bigger and bigger and bigger and everyone's like, oh, look what they're doing over there. I don't care about what people say about that. I care about reaching the next generation. I care about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ all over this state, all over this region, and all over this world. But it's all gonna depend on our obedience. Our obedience, our faithfulness, our faithfulness in giving, our faithfulness in pursuing God. The question is, are you being obedient to the heavenly vision? Can I take it a step further? This is not just about Lima First and the Horizon Project. This is about you, yourself, Are you being obedient to the vision that God has given you? The vision that God has laid upon your heart in ministering to the lost and and seeking and saving that which is truly lost and gone. Are you walking in the vision that God has given you? That's the question. When you and I go and we stand before an almighty God, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any excuses on my tongue. I want to leave it all on the field. I want to leave it all on the field. I want to give my all for every single breath and every single moment that I have left here on earth. I want to fulfill the vision that God has given me for this church. But can I tell you, I want to fulfill the vision that he's given for me personally. I want to fulfill it in the only way that I can personally do that is to walk in obedience to that vision. Thank you again for tuning in with us today. To hear more messages or to learn more about LFC, head over to limafirst.church.